feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Criminals are getting so brazen, as we have seen, that they are punching police, they are running over people, and then after they are running over people, they're robbing them. What the heck is happening? They're ruling the roost, and it's often these repeat offenders. And in fact, we're finding out that a lot of these people were let out. And, in fact, the guy in the turnstile, you know that video where you see the NYPD cop getting beaten and punched over and over again? Well, it turns out that that guy had been released after he had had other issues prior to. He had a whole bunch of other priors before this, arrested for possession of a loaded gun and robbery, And he was released the next day on his own recognizance. So what do you expect if they don't feel any punishment, if they don't see any problems? What do you expect? And that's why, everybody, when you get out in November, it's got to be law and order. It's got to be the candidates who care about your safety and care about your security. And we're going to talk about that tonight on the Rita Cosby Show. And today... President Trump, by the way, who is in Washington, D.C., it's his first time back in Washington, D.C. since he left office, more than 500 days. And he did a speech today talking so much about the safety and security in our country. And boy, he sounds like a candidate who definitely thinks that law and order is pivotal. And you could tell that he absolutely thinks that things have fallen apart under Joe Biden. I agree in terms of crime, in terms of law and order. And I've said this on the show before, guys, but when I saw the police stations burning to the ground in the summer of 2020, and there were riots that took place all over the country, as we know, but when we saw the police stations burn to the ground and the police felt that they couldn't do anything or they were getting hit on the head with a brick or even earlier, remember when like water balloons were being thrown at them in New York and they didn't do anything. And the mayor didn't do anything at that time. Mayor Bill de Blasio, shame on him because he made the police feel like they just had to take it. And now criminals feel that they are so emboldened that they can just beat up a cop on camera. You see it on the camera. I mean, you see the video. Everybody across the country is talking about this video of this teen, again, a repeat offender who shouldn't have even been out for some of the other charges that he had before this moment. He jumps a turnstile, and he just doesn't even care. He just keeps pummeling the cop. And to me, we are in a sad state of affairs When there are people who are saying, we got to get a handle on this. And then there's other people in the state who are like, oh, we're doing enough. What kind of planet are they living in that they think that the judicial system is doing enough? There is no way that that is possible. Well, first off, I want to play a quick comment from Donald Trump talking about Lee Zeldin, of course, Congressman of New York, who was attacked 
as we know, by a guy who gets charged. This is a classic case. This is sort of par for the course. A guy who gets charged with second-degree attempted assault. Not assault. Attempted assault. It's such a small offense that he gets out the same day. Like, they they were still working on the police paperwork, and the guy was already out. He could have killed a member of Congress. Thank God the guy's now behind bars because the feds came in and said, whoa, 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 it's a member of Congress. But you know what? This to me is such a classic case of how bad our judicial system is, not just in New York, but around the country. And here is President Trump today talking about that. Week a man tried to stab a sitting member of Congress running for governor of New York, Lee Zeldin, good man, good person. And under the New York State policies, the attacker was released within hours on cashless bail. Unbelievable. Cashless bail. And that is the root of all problems here, not just in New York, but around the country and the soft on crime DAs. And boy, does this case epitomize it. And then you've got New York City mayor, the current one. You've got Mayor Eric Adams who's sitting there saying, you know what, there should be a special session to talk about bail. There should be a special session so we could talk about these repeat offenders. And what happens? Here he's at least bringing that up. I give him credit for at least bringing it up. And guess what happens? The Democratic governor of New York steps in and says, no, 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 we don't need a special session. Everything is fine. We reviewed bail earlier this year. She's not doing anything. She basically is putting the kibosh on him saying, let's do a special session. Let's at least try to address it. Again, I'll give him credit for at least talking about it. She's not even talking about it. She's like, oh, everything's fine. Not a problem. To me, this is unbelievable that she won't even have a discussion. And so far, the soft on crime DA Alvin Bragg, who again His unit was looking over this teen who was pummeling the cop who's already out, too, which is just unbelievable. I mean, how could that be? That's like, what kind of planet are we on that that's already happening? You pummel a cop and you walk. Uh, What are what kind of place are we living in? And then sadly, this is indicative of the cycle that unless Democrats go after cashless bail, go after these soft on crime D.A.'s, The cycle will never be broken. Well, joining us now to talk about all of this is, I think, the greatest mayor of New York City, my friend Rudy Giuliani. Rudy, great to have you here on the show. Great to be with you, uh, Rita. Always great to be with you. Thank you, my friend. You know, it is outrageous. Uh, And I think about, first off, this case, and I can't wait to get your thoughts, Rudy, because you know law and order so well and how important it is to punish the criminals. We've got this guy. He's a repeat offender. He shouldn't have been out to begin with. And then he's out there on video. Everybody's been talking around the country, pummeling the cop, punching him like 18, 20 times. And and it's enough. It's not enough. The guy's already out. I mean, what kind of a world are we living in? I, I don't know. You know, he's also got a record. Uh, he's got, this is at least his third or fourth uh, felony. I mean, it, it, it's uh, crazy. It, it makes no sense. It makes New York look like a place nobody wants to come to. I mean, a police officer can get beaten up while attempting to make an arrest, and the person is out within two hours. It it it. it um, 
I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe a country that has a justice system like that, other than uh, a country where the ruling class, the ruling, seems to like criminals, and seems to like having them on the street so they can commit a lot of crimes. I mean, New York, uh, remember, crime is up 38 percent in New York because people like this are out. It's up 38% over a terrible year last year. You might almost say that the New York Democrats, because it's their show, put the criminals on the streets in order to commit crimes. It, uh, it, 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 why they do that? Maybe because they, the criminals vote for Democrats? I, don't, I, mean, I, can't, I can't think of a logical reason for why you would let this guy out of jail. Yeah, it's stunning. And everybody, we're talking to Rudy Giuliani, of course, uh, the great New York mayor who really did keep uh, crime down and made tremendous strides during his time in New York. You know, um, I have to ask you, Rudy, because the fact that here Eric Adams, you know, the current mayor, um, said, look, this looks like a clear case for rolling back New York bail reform and even said there should be, quote, a special session in New York to, to address this, you would think this is a moment he said, look, let's go up to the legislature. Let's do a special session. And the response from the current governor was, we don't need to do that. We looked at bail earlier this year. We readjusted it. It's like, what are they talking about? He can't even he has a, a clearly a governor who doesn't even want to discuss it and doesn't want to do anything about this soft on crime. D.A. Alvin Bragg. Well, I mean, here's the answer, and it would take uh, quite a mayor to do this. Uh, he should say to her, you're running for re-election or for election. You don't call a special session. I don't support you. I'll support uh, Zeldin instead because the lives of my people are more important than my political party. And now that would get, that would get her attention. And uh, he's, he's failed to play that card from day one. I recommended that the first day Bragg did this, I recommended that he do it. And it would have been at a better time where he had a, an approval rating that meant something. He's, he's down to like 30% approval rating right now. But still, I mean, a fractured Democratic Party could mean her loss. And uh, he's got to be willing to do that for the city if he really is a mayor. People are being killed because of her policies and Cuomo's policies. Uh, people are being beaten because of those policies. They're being raped. They're being seriously violated. Property is being stolen at record levels. A 40, 45% increase in larceny. Um, people don't want to come. I, I, I can't even calculate the amount of money we must be losing in tourism and uh, people just not coming here. And these are well-known national stories now. You know, New York... New York doesn't get away with crime that nobody hears about, where it's, um, crime takes place in New York and it reverberates all over the country. But particularly now we're being looked at because, you know, there, there's been so much. I mean, even under de Blasio, we had a 50% increase in, in murder and a 100% increase in shootings. That sort of got everybody's attention. So, uh, and we have a city that has a reputation, you know, 20, 30 years ago being very dangerous. So it is really, really extraordinarily damaging what's going on. It requires drastic action by a mayor who's a leader rather than a politician. And um, he fails that test. 
Do you think he'll ever do that? You know, it's interesting. He doesn't want to obviously call out Alvin Bragg. Um, I've, when I've talked to him, Rudy, even, you know, on the show, he seems to not want to – he seems to say, listen, it's not my purview. I don't oversee him. That is true. Uh, you know, Governor Hochul is in the position to be able to fire Alvin Bragg, not the mayor. But just like you said, he could certainly be very public in calling him out and calling out the policies. Gee, I mean, he had, he, had a, he had the opinion that I should be arrested. He had nothing to do with that either. He told the DA in, uh, in Staten Island that when I got attacked, I should be arrested because apparently he didn't think the slap was hard enough. That's right. That's so if right. He can, so so right. If, he can, if he can interfere to try to get me arrested, why the hell can't he interfere to try to uh, try to get this guy removed? I mean, he's just a phony. That's just a phony answer. I'm not going to interfere. Well, he interfered in my case to try. To, I mean, how ridiculous to get me arrested. No, uh, that's a great point. So you believe a lot of these are just words on the part of this mayor as opposed to real action just so I he can say mayor, he's doing the mayor, something. The mayor is defined by one thing and one thing alone. 37% increase in crime in his first year in office. Uh, I don't know that any other New York mayor has ever had that before. I don't know that any mayor in his first year in office has had a, almost a 40% increase in crime. And this is a guy that's supposed to know something about crime. And I can tell you some of the fundamental decisions that are being made, because I know a lot about crime reduction, are absurd. They're amateurish, they're childish. Uh, he doesn't know how to run a police department. Uh, these these uh, drive-by shootings... Comstat should 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 eliminate these drive-by students if he knew how to operate Comstat. I mean, there are I I I can see. <laughs> in comparison, for example, when I left, Ray Kelly took over, and it was handled just as professionally. And then Ray did what uh, Ray, Ray did what what Safer did for Bratton and what what Carrick did for Safer. He improved. He improved Comstat. He improved the system. He left behind a better system that was handed to him, just like Bratton left behind a better one for Safer and Safer for Carrick and vice versa. This guy doesn't seem to know how to use it. Like the subway crimes. Uh, the minute we got Comstat, subway crimes went down by 30%, 40% just by uh, figuring out the red zones where the crimes are committed. It, it, it's, it isn't, it isn't um, I always hate to use the trite expression it isn't rocket science in a way it is because those computers are enormously complicated but you know if you're a professional police officer in this day and age and we got plenty of them if he would just let them run the department they would tell him how to do it well and by the way you know i feel like the commissioner in new york uh you know commissioner sewell she seems to be really fed up um, but also knows that she can't change Alvin Bragg, but she's been speaking out pretty vocally. I agree with you. Let the police do their job. Yeah, yeah. there comes a time in which you go along with your people getting violated too often uh, and, and, and you, you get fed up with it. If you really are a public servant, it really depends on what happens to you when you go home at night. Uh, when you go home at night, are you just nice and happy because I'm the mayor or the police commissioner? What do you, or do you uh, stay awake at night because people are getting killed and because people are getting robbed and because you see on television something like what you saw with those cops? And if, if you're a public servant for real, you use every legal method you can to protect your people. And one of those legal methods that would be enormously powerful is to go to Hochul and say, 
I'm going to campaign against you. And I'm going to campaign against those two jerks in the legislature that keep holding it up because this isn't a game anymore. People are getting you because of you. People are getting killed. It's my city. I have a responsibility. But also, I also have to live through the embarrassment of being a police officer who becomes mayor. And now I have worse crime than de Blasio. Right. And he knows what the solution is. I mean, he's saying, Uh, honestly, I don't I got to tell you the truth. I don't think. He really was a cop. <laughs> I uh, No, there are things he could be doing even uh, without necessarily the bail law with the CompStat system that he's not doing. The, the way he's policing is not terribly intelligent. And why do you think that is real quick? Because I think I think he's always been a showman. Uh, he's, a, he's a showman and not is not real substance there. This, and you can see it. I mean, you can see it in, in the way he handles homelessness, the way he handles other things. This isn't real substance. I mean, for example, this is not Hochul's fault. I mean, take, taking the anti-crime unit, bringing it back, the whole, the whole focus of the anti-crime unit, the whole thing to make it work is they're in plain clothes. Right, and these guys are dressed. They're, they're right, them, they right. them in uniform. That's right. not Hochul. That's just stupid. Yeah, as soon as that, I that, heard that, 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 Rudy, I thought the yeah, same that, thing. That, like, that, how means, that blows that means their cover. You're not really a very bright guy. Or, or you cave in so, so easily to the slightest bit of political pressure, like somebody saying, oh, it's unfair if they, if they don't have uniforms on. Well, the whole idea is they're supposed to be hidden so they can get guns or they can, or they can, uh, they can see a, a, a purse snatching and stop the next one. Absolutely. That's, that's no. the whole purpose. That's, that's why we, I created them with Bratton. That's, that's why we created them. It's unfortunate for him I know too much about what he, look, I didn't bring down crime by 65% which is more than any mayor in history, because I don't know how to reduce crime. (laughs) Well, fortunate for us, you do know what you're talking about. And, Rudy, I always love having you here on the Rita Cosby Show. you got to come back on again soon. I I, I cry for the people of my city. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, and there are times in which I say to myself, uh, you know, it's like you uh, worked your backside off. I lost 40-something police officers before 9-11 reducing crime in this city. And, and this guy makes it uh, feel like, oh, my gosh, what, you know, what has he done? What has he done? I, 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 I handed. I handed Oops, Rudy, yeah, Rudy, you got to hurry up because we got a heartbreak well, coming up. I handed Bloomberg the safest city in the United States, and he handed the Blasio the safest city in the United States. And what they're doing is, is just disgusting. Uh, well, Rudy, let's pray because, of course, we want safety first and foremost for everybody. And thank you for all you've thank done you. for the city. Always love having you on, my friend. Thank you, dear. The great Rudy Giuliani. And everybody, we're going to take your calls when we come back. The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And you just heard from Rudy Giuliani here on the Rita Cosby Show as we are talking about crime and criminals so brazen that they're seen punching cops. They know they're on videotape, but they don't care. They don't care if it's a police officer. And you just heard Rudy saying that these mayors, including like the mayor of New York, needs to basically try to put pressure on these soft on crime like governors. For instance, Kathy Hochul in New York saying, you know what, if you don't get the city under control and get these soft on crime DAs, which are under your purview in New York, then I'm going to campaign against your opponent.
that it's time to get really tough and not just say it for election purposes, but really do something that really changes the fact that crime is at an all-time high. 37% increase in New York. As you just heard from Rudy Giuliani, who knows all too well, he thinks that's probably one of the biggest increases that a mayor has had in his first year in office. You can turn it around. And a lot of these mayors can turn it around, but they got to get tough on the people who are bucking the system and for some reason don't want to do it. So when we come back, I want to take your calls. How do we turn it around? And do you think, for example, like a mayor, Eric Adams, can say to Kathy Hochul, guess what? Maybe I'll campaign against your opponent if he is going to be tougher on crime and tougher on criminals. Why are Democratic mayors, governors, why are they afraid to go after the thugs? My goodness. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great men and women in law enforcement. And boy, do they need our support these days as we're talking about that terrible case of the guy pummeling the police officer, seen on videotape doing it. It's amazing. Boy, our officers, men and women, need our support big time. And I'm glad we give them a shout out every night here on the Rita Cosby Show. This story coming from Michigan, where first responders saved six people from a logjam river during a massive thunderstorm in Ludington, Michigan, last Saturday night. Several police and fire departments, including crews from the Mason County Sheriff's Office, were called to the scene just before 10 p.m., Six people were stuck on the river in canoes and kayaks. Now, the victims, according to police, were stuck in waist-deep water and mud, and they were sinking fast. One victim was reported to be in severe medical distress. First responders reported to have to walk through waist-deep water, pulling and pushing their boats over and over and around multiple log jams in an attempt to get to the victims. Two victims showed signs of severe hypothermia, and a third was having heart complications. Very scary situation. Amazingly, all six victims were saved, treated, and later released at the scene by paramedics. So what a great story of the sheriff's office there doing a superb job, along with the fire departments and other. And bravo to our great men and women in blue. And boy, is it important to send a message to those who are attacking police officers Uh, Beating police officers, as we're talking about that incredible video coming from New York City, where you see the thug who was a repeat offender who never should have been out beating the cop over and over again on his head. Uh, The guy had been out on another serious crime prior to that. God knows why he was even out on the street. If you look at his background uh, for a violent robbery case days earlier, I mean, uh, this is like the old revolving door story, sadly, over and over again. And just a little bit ago, by the way, President Trump was talking about how it's important to get tough on criminals of all kinds, whether it's thugs like that. But particularly, he says, drug dealers in particular, there needs to be a severe message sent because of the damage they're causing to America. You execute a drug dealer and you'll save 500 lives because they kill on average 500 people. It's terrible to say, but you take a look at every country in this world that 
doesn't have a problem with drugs, they have a very strong death penalty for the people that sell drugs. And listen, that law and order message is kind of refreshing because we're not hearing it from our Democratic leadership in a lot of locations and things are just getting so badly out of hand. Today, we just also heard from Mayor Eric Adams, and I'm happy to hear that he's at least saying, hey, listen, we need help here in New York City with 37 percent skyrocketing crime. In that case, that video of the thug, the teenager, the 16-year-old who's a repeat offender again, as it, you know, over and over again, that he felt so emboldened to just pound the cop when the cop was trying to stop him for jumping the turnstile. The cop had, like, injuries in his head, uh, some pretty severe injuries. My goodness, people feel so emboldened because they know that, the, sadly, they're not going to be punished. They got Alvin Bragg, soft on crime DA. They see that the criminals are smarter than anybody. They look at the signs. They look at what's going on. They know what's going to happen. They know what crime they can kind of get away with. They know with their age and their background, they can get away with it. It is just shameful. So Mayor Eric Adams, as I was just talking with Rudy Giuliani about here on the show, Mayor Eric Adams said, listen, we need some sort of special session so we can maybe get rid of this crazy bail reform. We can roll back bail reform and maybe get rid of cashless bail, get rid of these crimes where people are getting out over and over again. So here is his plea. And it's a noble plea. But is it just words? I hope they would do that. I hope that just as we call to uh, return to Albany to deal with the uh, the uh, ruling on right to carry, uh, I believe that Albany should consider um, coming and revisiting uh, some of the violence we're seeing of repeated offenders. And we need to be clear on that. We're not talking about someone that steals uh, an apple. Uh, we're talking about someone that has repeatedly used violence in our city uh, robberies, grand larcenies, burglaries, shootings, carrying a gun. Uh, this this group of people you know, are repeated offenders in our in our community. They're hurting our public safety. Yeah, and he said, "Listen, we need a special session. We need to get a handle of this." So guess what? It has to go to the governor. And the governor basically came out and said, "We don't need a special session. We don't need to do it. Everything is fine, basically, in New York." Well, that is crazy because she oversees the soft on crime DA who she keeps saying, I'm going to give him slack. I'm going to give him room. Well, you heard from just a little bit ago from Rudy Giuliani and Ray Kelly, the former NYPD commissioner, the great NYPD commissioner who was on Cats at Night earlier, said this about basically the situation and that assault on the officer. When you see that confrontation between the the cop and that that person that this is what the law provides to protect the cop and the public a charge of of uh, attempted assault and if you remember in alvin bragg's memo the infamous memo that he put out on day one it said that he would never write up a resisting arrest charge and that's what happened here there is no resisting arrest if there ever was a classic case of somebody resisting arrest it is this video. So, you know, the city is just falling apart. Can you imagine? Never write up a resisting arrest charge. So, yeah, don't worry. If they try to arrest you, just start pounding them in the head. Like you see that cop. I'm being incredibly facetious because to me, it is just so 
shameful and so indicative of how things have gotten. And it's so bad that there are so many people that are just moving out of major cities across this country. It's not just happening in New York. It's happening around the country where people are just so fed up with the crime and they don't want to raise their families in communities where they do not feel safe. And Ray Kelly had a little bit to say about that. The head of the transit bureau testified at the MTA board that assaults on transit police are up 55%. People are calling them all sorts of names. They're spitting on them. They're punching them. Um, you know, this just can't go on. I, I, I don't, right now, I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel, but uh, the people don't want to live like this. And this is one of the reasons why the transit uh, system is only used uh, 59% of what it was uh, pre-pandemic. So it's a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a very bleak picture for the city and certainly for safety on the transit system. Yeah, and boy, is that a bleak picture for the future of cities across this country. 1-800-848-9222. Um, let's go to, let's go to Larry. Line three, first of all. Larry, your thoughts about all this. Yeah, Rita, you know, um, basically uh, the problem, the, the, the problem is not Eric Adams. You know, um, he's a good man. Um, this Hochul is not a good person. Eric Adams wants to make things good. But you see, the thing is, the problem is, uh, is, is beyond him. Now, as soon as I – I'll tell you what the problem is. You'll see it. As soon as I start articulating it, they're going to close my mic down. Okay? No, 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 no. I, I actually – The problem is not Stan either. The I, problem is not Stan. No. Pro- I'll tell you what the problem yeah, is. Yeah, go I'll ahead, Larry. Go ahead. The, the problem is, is that, you know, criminals – have, it's a it's a racial thing, okay? You see, this whole bail thing started because one black kid went to jail over a book bag, uh, stealing a book bag, and he sat there for a long for a long time. Well, you know something? I know a white guy that sat for two years because he was Russian, and nobody knew he was in the system, okay? Either, okay? So you know, it happened. It, these these are snafus in the system because of one snafu involving a book bag. Everybody took. These, these two politicians, Hasty and uh, Cousins, they took a, some kind of umbrage, like some kind of high high racial stance. Well, well, we are not going to tolerate this inequity and, anymore and everything. And because of that, they get, they 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 let it be open season for black criminals, uh, 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 letting them because they, you know why? Because they don't want to they don't want to tolerate the fact that. That white people might have more money in their pockets to put up bail. The, pros- the very prospect of it is so uh, upsetting to them that they're willing to turn over the entire city to criminals. Okay, now that's what's going on, and it, and it achieved momentum. It's achieved momentum, and now there's basically they're enjoying it. And I want to tell you something: if you see the black community sacrificing their own children and not speaking up because there's so much hatred. For the, for the white race, you know what's going on. They're sacrificing their own children. That's how much hatred they have because they want to take over. They want everybody to run out of the city. They want to take over the real estate. Okay? Everything's going to be empty. They're just going to run right into office buildings, the Empire State Building. Take a suite. Take a 10-room suite. Go ahead. Take it. That's what they want to do. 
Don't you understand? It's chief momentum. Yeah, this I was hear you. And listen, listen. What one thing I do agree with with you that yes, they started to try to change the pendulum. And there are cases where sometimes people, you know, where they get overcharged or whatever. That's clearly not the case happening in New York now. And it's gone so far the other way. Um, and what they're what they're doing is they're thinking of, oh, gosh, well, well, I have to feel sorry for this person because of X, X and X. And you want the best for everybody. You want to give everybody a chance. I'm all for that. On the other hand, you have to think of the greater good of society. And they seem to be throwing that by the wayside and not seeming to care. And, you know, it's shocking, Larry, you, you know, you bring up the point of, of Mayor Eric Adams. One of the things, I don't know if you heard the interview with Rudy. Rudy was just here on the show, and Rudy made an interesting point, you know, that Mayor Eric Adams, and he doesn't have to necessarily say this publicly, but Rudy suggested that Mayor Eric Adams goes over to Kathy Hochul and says, you know, hey, privately, Governor, um, if you don't at least allow a special session so we can even discuss this and try to even draw attention to the issue, I mean, to not even have a special session to discuss changing bail reform and rolling it back is almost shocking that there won't even be a discussion. It's like not, it's not even worth discussing. It seems like in the governor's mind and he's suggesting Rudy that maybe the solution is if you're not going to do it, then I'm going to publicly have to, you know, support your challenger, you know, because he cares about law and order and I have to care about my city. I mean, at a certain point, Larry, we got to put politics aside and think of the greater good. I mean, the, the numbers are the numbers, and crime is up 37% in New York City in its first year of, of him in office. And at some point, you know, he, he clearly sees it every day. Anybody who walks the streets of New York and walks the streets of L.A. and Chicago, you see it at every turn. Uh, so, Larry, they've got to start putting, you know, some of this, like, you can't start dancing around it anymore. I'm not saying you. I'm saying the mayor. These mayors, if they really sincerely care you know, he make he says a good game, but but start you got to start putting some pressure on because words uh, aren't aren't helping things. Actions are. You're, I'll give you the last word, Lair. Well, you saw what happened when he went to Albany. He came back speaking like he was a besieged black man. Look, he is he is involved in a racial war. With all due respect to Rudy Giuliani, Eric Adams, the most he could do is stay on the sidelines as a cheerleader, and that's what he's doing. He's cheerleading. He's saying the right things, but his hands are tied because he's not going to take this. He, he doesn't have the he doesn't have the emotional fortitude of Dominic Carter. Not everybody does to take heat from his own race. Okay, Dominic Carter should be the mayor. Okay, but by, he's uh, one strong and, dude. And by the way, Dominic would have my vote on that for sure too. I agree with you on that, That's Larry. The last what, word. That's what, the last word. One thousand percent. I'm uh, Dominic for uh, for mayor. That's the new campaign slogan. Thank you, Larry. Very, very much. Let's go to Bob on line five. Bob, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Good evening, Rita. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. What do you think of all this? What a mess in New York it's City terrible. and so many cities. Larry makes a good point. The black community, 50%, according to statistics, 50% of crime is committed by young black men. They don't want to hear that. That's fact. But you know, and, but you know what's interesting, Bob, to me? Um, crime is, I don't look at the color of somebody's skin. I look at the their integrity. And if somebody is committing a crime... 
all things have to be created equal. And you have to say, all right, somebody commits a crime, then they have to pay the price. Because that's a, that's a universal message that if they get off and they're a repeat offender, it doesn't matter what color of the skin they are, they're going to get a message that they can get off and get away with it. Um, and we have to start looking at it just by the numbers because, you know what, you know, we just have to we have to look at all citizens of New York, no matter race, color, creed. Obviously, you want to treat people with as much respect as possible. But if somebody is committing a crime, they need to start paying the price. They can't be sitting there laughing, hitting cops on videotape, running over people and then robbing them. Like, oh, I, I didn't do enough damage. The person's unconscious. I'm going to rob him. The preacher that we talked about last night, that's astounding video. The guy's preaching, and in the middle of it all, they come up to him while he's being live streamed. I mean, they just have no regard, and it's it's the back door of it because I believe police are doing the best job they can. It's the fact that people are coming right back out on the streets, and that needs to change. Bob, thank you very, very much. Let's go to BJ, line three. BJ, your thoughts. Rita, thanks for having me on. So this nonsense where the mayor throws his hands up and says, well, we need an emergency uh, assembly, uh, state assembly. I mean, he's the mayor. It, the buck stops there. OK, he didn't tell us this when he was running last year and he was making all the cute jokes against Curtis during the debates and basically phoning in the debates. No, no. He's the mayor. He hired the police commissioner. He's in charge. OK, he's General Patton. Uh, this city is being overrun now, okay? It's depopulating people, leaving in droves. They're taking over the subway system in, in, in totem. They, took, they made this video on the L train, the, this most disgusting thing that I've ever seen, and I've been in this city almost 60 years. I've never seen anything like this. We are well past the, the, the bad old days of Bernie Getz and everything else, and these hoodlums are getting away with it. And as far as the police go, you know, uh, the police are not doing their best job because they know that they're getting uh, uh, they're getting squeezed from both ends. If they try and do the job, they're, they're afraid of getting sued and getting locked up. And uh, if they don't try and do the job, then they get demonized. So you, you cannot have social workers as police. You have to – police job is to enforce the law, and you have to let them do what they do best. One thousand percent, because they are the best of the best. But you're right. They have to be able to feel like they can do it without being called into internal affairs or qualified immunity. And they have to have a leader who they know has their back and is not going to call them in and say, hey, why did you do this? Or why did you pick this person or or accuse them of racism, as we've been talking about race, too? I mean, it, crime is crime and it doesn't matter the color of your skin. If you're a good person, you're a good person. If you're a bad person, throw the book at you. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. We are talking about crime out of control and even some liberal mayors coming forward and saying, we got to get a handle of it, including Eric Adams in New York. But the governor saying, uh-uh, we're not going to review bail reform. We're not going to do any of that. Just forge ahead. So what can mayors do? Things are so bad. You've got Democratic mayors pleading 
1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pat in Arkansas, line six. Pat, your thoughts about this? Hi, Mrs. Cosby. It's always a pleasure to speak with you, ma'am. Thank you. Um, you know, crime as it exists in America today is really out of control, and that's because that's what the federal government has wanted, because they need, um, what do you call it, chaos in order to slam down our freedoms. You know, and this is what they're trying for. And, you know, all I can say is the people have to say no, just no more. So you believe, you believe it's what, like part of a master plan, Pat? Is that what you're saying? You, you better believe it. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely, you hit the nail on the head, Mrs. Crosby. Crosby. Yes, you did. Wow. Yeah. And you know what? If for some reason, they don't seem to want to get a handle on it, Pat. Um, and they also oh, don't, you know, and they don't seem to want to get a handle on the border either. I mean, there's so many issues that, just like you said, that are all security, a lot of them related, because obviously that entails that too as well, that they just don't seem to care. And they seem to just kind of allow this revolving door. And at some point you just go, are, are you kidding me? I mean, the first duty uh, first of all, an American president is protecting the homeland and also of these mayors and protecting their cities. You know, so it, I, it is astounding to me. I, I shake my head like you do, Pat. It, there's got to be some bizarre reason that they put philosophy over safety. And boy, is that a sad place to be. Uh, thank you very much, Pat. Great call. Let's go to Norman. Line four. Norm, your thoughts. Yeah. Hi, Rita. Yeah. God bless Rudy, President Trump and yourself. We as New Yorkers and other blue state citizens that care about. Hey, Norm, Norm, in that order or do I get the blessing first? You get you get the blessing on equal order with Rudy and President Trump. All right. I'll take that. All right. I'll take that. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Just checking. All right. You know, anyway, I'm just saying that. if we care about law and order in the future of our cities, we need to vote law and order candidates this fall because uh, elections have consequences. And this year, those candidates happen to be Republicans. So anyway, you asked why Dems won't support law and order because they've gone scary left. Um, it's a different Democratic Party. It's not like when my mom and dad voted for Roosevelt back in the back in the 30s and 40s. It's where we're dealing with a different animal here today. And uh, anyway, I'm just hoping we have that big red wave this fall. But uh, who the hell knows? We'll see what happens. We'll see. But you're right. Uh, the key is getting out to vote for candidates that you believe support law and order, care about safety and are not, as we were just talking about, uh, you know, with a number of others, that they're not wrapped up in the philosophy and the PC and all that other stuff, because there should be nothing PC about crime. If somebody is a criminal, particularly a repeat offender, they got to pay the price. They got to pay the price the first time so they don't do it again. When we come back, by the way, word tonight that the DOJ is formally investigating President Trump and others for January 6th. We're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about President Trump talking about 2024. 
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And tonight here on the Rita Cosby Show, the Washington Post is reporting that federal prosecutors have interviewed a series of witnesses before a grand jury and asked them about conversations between Trump, his lawyers, also a number of people close to Trump and his inner circle. There are reports that they were also looking at phone records of Mark Meadows, who was Trump's chief of staff, all regarding January 6th. In other words, that the Department of Justice under Merrick Garland is investigating former Trump's actions as part of its criminal investigation tied to January 6th and the Capitol attack. So it sounds like things are getting closer, or at least they're looking into it. They claim they're doing their own sort of separate investigation than what the January 6th committee run by Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger and all the other Democrats. Uh, I call them Democrats because they act like Democrats. Um, But Nancy Pelosi, who is a Democrat, um, but all the others who are sort of a part and overseeing that committee in many ways. And now it looks like they are at least taking it further and looking into it. So I want to ask you tonight, how far do you think this will go? Do you think that there could actually be a, quote, criminal indictment? Of President Trump. That's a lot different than an impeachment. An impeachment is technically sort of a political action, uh, if you will, obviously a very extreme political action. But an indictment is a, quote, criminal indictment. And I wouldn't put anything past this DOJ. They've gone after parents as domestic terrorists. They made comments after Roe v. Wade, but didn't say anything after Brett Kavanaugh had an armed assailant show up outside his home. So there's a lot of questions tonight. And to me, boy, are there a lot of questions now that Merrick Garland is out there talking on NBC. And we're going to get to that in a second, because all of this comes in the climate of President Trump and also Mike Pence, his former VP, kind of doing dueling speeches today in Washington, D.C. It was President Trump's first time back in Washington, D.C. speaking uh, since he left office. 
So, you know, over a year ago, I mean, it's amazing to think about. Um, and he went right for the condition of the country. Sure sounds like someone who's planning to run in 2024. And he basically said, listen, I could just kind of drop out right now. I could not be engaged in politics and all the persecution against me would stop. But that's not me. I'm not going to stay at home. I'm going forward. I care about this country. And he says this country has gone basically rock bottom since he left office. And he can kind of make an interesting case. I mean, think about the economy. Think about the border. We've been talking about crime, just how bad crime is across this country. I mean, things really have kind of gone down to hell in a handbasket. And there's a lot of people I know out there that maybe didn't like Trump's tweets, but are like, gosh, his policies were not so bad after all. And even Pence, who clearly looks like he's kind of doing a dueling speech. He was doing a speech in Washington today while Trump was doing a speech. Uh, Pence was talking to the Young America's Foundation. Trump was speaking to American First Policy Institute Different kind of groups, uh, young conservatives, the other one, more established conservatives, you know, different groups, but both speaking. Pence seems to be kind of going on a little bit of a different course than Trump since January 6th. But he still said, I really am the same as Trump on policy. You could tell that suddenly those policies are looking like home runs, you know, and I thought a lot of them were home runs when he was president. But a lot of people even in retrospect are trying to cling to the Trump policies, thinking that those policies are winning strategies. And one of the things that President Trump talked about just a few hours ago was supporting our law enforcement. As we're talking about how bad crime is, he went right for the point about that we have to support our law enforcement and these soft and crime prosecutors who are acting like defense attorneys need to stop. Take a listen. Because of the radical Democrats and because of what they've done, driving record numbers of officers to resign, retire or quit, the police work all together. The new Congress should immediately pass emergency funding to hire and retain tens of thousands more police officers all across our country. And then in classic Trump style, Trump also said, you know what, these leaders in many major cities across America Need to get a set of cojones. Take a listen. The next Congress and the next president down on this insanity and crack down very, very hard and very, very quickly. The civil liberties of people, the safety of law-abiding Americans cannot be violated by weak mayors and cowardly governors. Cowardly governors and weak mayors. I actually find it really refreshing. We kind of need people who are going to tell it like it is, as opposed to the president we have now who's kind of like, uh, 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 uh. And Trump firmly believes that so much of what is happening now, while they are really going after President Trump, is because of his mission to run. He has not firmly said, yeah, I'm definitely running, but he sure sounds like someone who's running in 2024. And he keeps talking about it and might even announce, by the way, potentially even before the midterms. And just a few hours ago, this is what Merrick Garland, the attorney general of the United States, who has the authority to determine if there should be any federal criminal charges potentially against President Trump or somebody else tried to January 6th. Remember, he got a chance to look at it before, and Merrick Garland passed it over, basically didn't go after anybody on federal charges. But now it's come back to him.
making it sound like, oh, there's more information, there's new information, says he's looking at what the January 6th committee is doing, but he's doing his own investigation. And in a pretty stunning statement just a little bit ago, did not rule out that even the president of the United States could be indicted on federal charges. I'm talking about the former president, President Trump, could potentially be indicted and others tied to January 6th. Take a listen. You said in no uncertain terms the other day that no one is above the law. That said, um, the indictment of a former president, of perhaps candidate for president, would arguably tear the country apart. Is that your concern as you make your decision down the road here? Do you have to think about things like that? Look, we pursue justice without fear or favor. We intend to hold everyone, anyone, who was criminally responsible for the events surrounding January 6th, for any attempt to interfere with the lawful transfer of power from one administration to another, accountable. That's what we do. We don't pay any attention to other uh, issues with respect to that. So if Donald Trump were to become a candidate for president again, that would not change your schedule or or how you move forward or don't move forward? Uh, Say again that uh, we will hold accountable anyone who is criminally responsible for attempting to interfere with the transfer, legitimate lawful transfer of power from one administration to the next. And boy, is that broad. Did you just hear what he just said, that anyone who is responsible for interfering with the lawful transfer of power? That's a pretty broad charge. You know, how do you determine, was that really a direct interference? Was it a comment that he made that could be construed as this? Are you talking about the rioters? Because he had a chance to go after federal charges on the rioters. You know, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of questions here. So he had the opportunity to kind of go at Trump before and he didn't do it. So what has changed? Politics getting closer to 2022. Oh, not this DOJ that went after the parents calling them domestic terrorists. Well, President Trump says that a lot of these attacks on him And attacks, even in the legal realm, are all about politics. This is what he said just a little bit ago in Washington. If I renounced my beliefs, if I agreed to stay silent, if I stayed at home and just took it easy, the persecution of Donald Trump would stop immediately. It would stop. But that's not what I will do. I can't do that. A much simpler life have to save our country. I can't do that because I love our country, and I can't do that because I love the people of our country, so I can't do that. I wouldn't do it. So Trump says, I don't care. I know it's politics, and I'm not going to be crawling up into a little ball and staying at home. So where do you see this going? And could it even go to the fact that A.G. Garland could come back with a criminal indictment of President Trump? By the way, the minute I was watching the interview tonight, he was sitting there with Lester Holt, who I know. I used to work at NBC. I know Lester well. I was watching the interview, and I was sitting there going, you know what? Boy, that's an interesting conversation. I was looking at Merrick Garland's eyes, and he was not ruling out, in my mind, and as you just heard it, too, that he might not go for uh, an indictment, that he very well may. 
In other words, he's not ruling it out uh, that everything is on the table at this point. And it sounds to me like he is seriously considering that there could indeed be an indictment against President Trump tied to January 6th. So what's your reaction to that? Is that all about politics? Is there any substance to this? And do you agree with President Trump that if Trump just sort of dropped out of the limelight, didn't hint that he would be running again in 2024, didn't want to be still, uh, you know, the kingmaker basically on the Republican side, uh, that everything against him would drop. Suddenly, maybe there wouldn't be a January 6th hearing. Maybe there wouldn't be uh, A.G. Garland looking into him. Uh, that suddenly everything would be fine with President Trump. What are your thoughts? Is it all politics? one 800 848 Let's go to Al on line six. Al, your thoughts about all this? Yeah, hello, Rita. You know, I wanted to say in regards to this attorney general, the U.S. attorney general, and the committee that's investigating uh, former President Trump, I-, I do think it's possible that if they could, they will try to indict him. Uh, you know, let me give you an example. Look what they did to Roger Stone in the crack of dawn like five months ago. Sixty agents came to his house at the crack of dawn in Florida, and they basically financially ruined this guy, at least temporarily, and compromised his ability to make a living. So they will do anything to anybody to – and I think that if – it comes to it, they will try to indict President Trump. Yeah, and Al, I actually think you're right, because I think they'll try anything they can to try to keep him out of office. And and did you just hear what Merrick Garland was saying? I just played that clip where he basically said that he doesn't rule out charging anybody essentially tied to January 6th if they had played a role in interfering with the legal process of you know, the election, the transfer of power. That's a pretty broad comment. I mean, you could make the case that somebody was protesting outside. Uh, You can make the case a rioter uh, had done that. You can make the case that maybe a word that Trump, I mean, it's a very like, that's a a very broad uh, crime or avenue of investigation. So that gives him a lot of latitude, Al, which is, I think, a dangerous place to be. I agree. You know, it, it, and so how do you think – what do you think is going to happen if it goes – do you think that's going to help Trump? Because maybe Trump comes out and says, look, I told you, they're after me. They're, they're – they're, no matter what, they're going to keep coming up with something. I think it's just going to you know, further divide the country. I mean I think you know, it will all come down to uh, you know, the elections in 2022. I, I just think it will you know, further divide the country, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I think so, too, sadly. You go after a former president and you indict him on an attack where right now, if you look at all the issues tied, and again, on a broad issue like this, and we've seen his words, we've heard his words. Yeah, there's different things that some people say he should have done or shouldn't have done that day. Um, You can certainly make the case in a lot of forms. But there are also, uh, you know, a lot of the things you go, then then let's bring in Chuck Schumer and let's bring in Maxine Waters. We're opening up a very slippery slope, too, if that's the case as well, too, Al. I mean, you think about a lot of other people who made comments and there were severe actions or, or something that happened uh, that was violent or something afterwards where they didn't play the role, but somebody else did do something. 
Um, so, you know, we're opening up an enormous and a very dangerous place in terms of politics, if it's getting to that too, Al, because you can imagine uh, turnaround is going to be fair play. You know, then it's, go, oh, then, you know, we'll invite uh, uh, Biden for the border. We'll indict, you know, so-and-so for this. Well, I mean, that's, it's, that's just like you said, I think it is like unbelievable division as if we haven't seen a lot of political, you know, of division in this country. We've seen so much. Um, and it's going to be like a volcano. I agree with you, Al. Thank you very much, everybody. We're going to continue with your calls after the break. 1-800-848-9222. You just heard from Merrick Garland making the comment that he is looking at anybody who may have somehow played a role in disrupting, quote, the peaceful transfer of power. That could include President Trump. And it doesn't matter whether he is running or a sitting president, any of those things. Everything's on the table. Politics or facts? 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. We are talking about crime out of control and even some liberal mayors coming forward and saying, we got to get a handle of it, including Eric Adams in New York. But the governor saying, uh-uh, we're not going to review bail reform. We're not going to do any of that. Just forge ahead. So what can mayors do? Things are so bad. You've got Democratic mayors pleading. one 800 let us go to Pat in Arkansas, line six. Pat, your thoughts about this? Hi, Mrs. Cosby. It's always a pleasure to speak with you, ma'am. Thank you. Um, you know, crime as it exists in America today is really out of control, and that's because that's what the federal government has wanted, because they need, um, what do you call it, chaos in order to slam down our freedoms. You know, and this is what they're trying for. And, you know, all I can say is the people have to say no, just no more. So you believe, you believe it's what, like part of a master plan, Pat? Is that what you're saying? You, you better believe it. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely, you hit the nail on the head, Mrs. Crosby. Crosby. Yes, you did. Wow. Yeah, and you know what? For some reason, they don't seem to want to get a handle on it, Pat. Um, and they also no, they don't, do. you know, and they don't seem to want to get a handle on the border either. I mean, there's so many issues that... Just like you said, that are all security, a lot of them related, because obviously that entails that, too, as well, that they just don't seem to care. And they seem to just kind of allow this revolving door. And at some point you just go, are, are you kidding me? I mean, the first duty of, first of all, an American president is protecting the homeland and also of these mayors and protecting their cities. You know, so a, I, it is astounding to me. I, I shake my head like you do, Pat. There's got to be some bizarre reason that they put philosophy over safety. And boy, is that a sad place to be. Uh, thank you very much, Pat. Great call. Let's go to Norman. Line four. Norm, your thoughts. Yeah. Hi, Rita. Yeah. God bless Rudy, President Trump and yourself. We as New Yorkers and other blue state citizens who care about hey, law Norm, and order. Hey, Norm, Norm, in that order or do I get the blessing first? 
you get you get the blessing on equal order with Rudy and President Trump. All right, I'll take okay. that. All right, I'll take that. All right. Okay. <laughs> just checking. All right. Checking. You know, anyway, I'm just saying that uh, if we care about law and order in the future of our cities, we need to vote law and order candidates this fall because uh, elections have consequences. And this year, those candidates happen to be Republicans. So anyway, you asked why Dems won't support law and order because they've gone scary left. Um, it's a different Democratic Party. It's not like when my mom and dad voted for Roosevelt back in the back in the 30s and 40s. It's where we're dealing with a different animal here today. And uh, anyway, I'm just hoping we have that big red wave this fall. But uh, who the hell knows? We'll see what happens. We'll see. But you're right. Uh, the key is getting out to vote for candidates that you believe support law and order, care about safety, and are not, as we were just talking about, uh, you know, with a number of others, that they're not wrapped up in the philosophy and the PC and all that other stuff, because there should be nothing PC about crime. If somebody is a criminal, particularly a repeat offender, they got to pay the price. They got to pay the price the first time so they don't do it again. When we come back, by the way, word tonight that the DOJ is formally investigating President Trump and others for January 6th. We're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about President Trump talking about 2024. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, where we honor our great men and women in the military, a really beautiful story coming from Montgomery, Alabama, where Rome Davis, 102 years old, is being honored for her service with the all-female, all-black Central Post Directory Battalion, which got mailed to U.S. troops in Europe during World War II. Millions of letters and packages sent to U.S. troops had accumulated in warehouses in Europe by the time that Allied troops were being pushed forward to the heart of Hitler's Germany near the end of World War II. Now, this wasn't junk mail. It was the main link between home and the front in a time long before video chats, texting, or even routine long-distance phone calls. Remember, that was really the way of communication So the job of clearing out the massive backlog in a military that was still segregated by race fell upon the largest all-black, all-female group to serve in the war. It was nicknamed the Triple, the 6888 Battalion. And on Tuesday of this week, just today, the oldest living member of the unit was being honored. Rome Davis, again, 102 will be recognized with a Congressional Gold Medal. How beautiful is that for her service at an event at Montgomery City Hall? She said, it isn't mine, just mine. No, it is everybody's. She enlisted in the Army, by the way, in 1943. After the war, the Virginia native married, had a 30-year career in the fashion industry in New York, and retired in Alabama. And how beautiful to see that she and this really beautiful, important unit are being recognized for their incredible service to make sure that our servicemen were connected and felt closer to home during the most difficult times. 
Bravo, bravo, bravo. And I love our great support, our hero segment that we do every night here on the Rita Cosby Show. Well, we are talking about the fact that the Department of Justice, according to the Washington Post tonight, just a little bit ago, saying that sources are telling them that prosecutors have interviewed witnesses before a grand jury. They've asked them about conversations between Trump, his attorneys, members of people close to him regarding a plot to replace the Electoral College members with pro-Trump alternate electors. This comes as Merrick Garland did an interview with Lester Holt, and he left open the door that potentially as much as even the president, the former president of the United States, could be criminally charged. He said everything is on the table, that he's looking at anyone who may have, quote, interfered with the transfer of power. And he has the ability to indict on criminal charges, federal criminal charges. This really raises the stakes because you could tell that he was looking into everything. But now the Washington Post is saying that, no, they've already begun interviewing people, talking to people. And if you listen to the language from Merrick Garland, he did not rule that out. And in fact, I want to play that again. This is Merrick Garland, the attorney general, just a little bit ago who was making comments about all options are on the table. This is Merrick Garland. You said in no uncertain terms the other day that no one is above the law. That said, um, the indictment of a former president, of a perhaps candidate for president, would arguably tear the country apart. Is that your concern as you make your decision down the road here? Do you have to think about things like that? Look, we pursue justice without fear or favor. We intend to hold everyone, anyone who was criminally responsible for the events surrounding January 6th for any attempt to interfere with the lawful transfer of power from one administration to another accountable. That's what we do. We don't pay any attention to other uh, issues with respect to that. So if Donald Trump were to become a candidate for president again, that would not change your schedule or, or how you move forward or don't move forward? Uh, say again that uh, we will hold accountable anyone who is criminally responsible for attempting to interfere with the transfer, legitimate lawful transfer of power from one administration to the next. That is a very open door. In other words, he is not ruling out that there could be criminal charges against former President Trump, who, again, he says... It is all politics. They want me to just kind of crawl in a hole, and I'm not going anywhere. And, in fact, today he sounds closer and closer to planning to announce that he's going to run. And he might even do it before the November midterms, which is just right around the corner. I mean, November is not that far away, guys. We're talking a few months. So, boy, are things intensifying on all sides. And could it also be that maybe the investigation of Trump is stepping up as this current president is just tanking in the polls. I mean, this is amazing. This week, they expect to raise the federal interest rate to combat inflation because things are so bad with the economy. We're going to have one of the biggest rate hikes ever in American history because of the current economy. That's going to happen this week. Then also, he's going to be talking to the Chinese president. And last time we talked to the Chinese president, he didn't even bring up COVID. I mean, are you kidding me? In the height of COVID, he wasn't even bringing up COVID. So that's like a whole other issue. And if you look at the polls, the polls right now, this president is tanking. 
with approval ratings 31% or lower, depending on the polls. And those are Quinnipiac. Those are like Democratic-leaning polls. So this president's in big-time trouble, so bad that CNN's John King had this to say. You're seeing this in your state, in Georgia, uh, in the sense that you have, you have Senator Warnock, who's trying to run for re-election. When he came into office and helped flip the Senate to the Democrats, he was a big buddy of Joe Biden. Now you go down on the battleground states like Georgia, and a lot of Democrats are backing off a little bit because they politically think they need distance. And this president, so many people are wondering what's going to happen. He's just got to kind of make it through the midterms. And then afterwards, my bet's that after the midterms, suddenly he's going to be a one-term president. That he's going to say either, you know, for, for I want to spend time with my family or the Democratic Party's going to push him out because you see Gavin Newsom, you see everybody, because things are so bad. Things are so bad that Cory Bush, who's a member of the squad, along with AOC and Rashida Tlaib and all that, she was asked a question. That's a really obvious question. If I was interviewing Cory Bush, you got to ask her this question. You got to ask her, are you going to support the President Biden? And normally the answer is, oh, yeah, heck yeah. Are you kidding me? He's our president. We love him. The last thing you want to do is indicate any division or any problems within the party. But she acted like it was a trick question. So she clearly is not endorsing Joe Biden. And this is a Democrat. So take a listen to her when she was asked this question. And she was like, uh, 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 uh. Do you want to see Joe Biden run for a second term? Yeah, I, you know. That's an easy question. It's not going to take long. Do you want to see Joe Biden? I don't want to answer that question because we have not. That's not. Yeah, I don't want to answer that question. Okay. Um, I mean, he's the president and he has the right to to run for a second term. Absolutely. But but I don't want to. I don't. I don't want. I'd rather you not do that. You got like two minutes to be in the car. Yeah, I know. I got to get to the. Well, thanks very much. Yeah, I got to go. I said I had like two hours for the interview. I have plenty of time until you ask me that trick question on whether or not I'm going to support the president of the United States. I've covered politics a long time. I can't remember when somebody who was in the party was asked that question right before midterms, such a consequential midterms, and couldn't answer the question, which to me speaks volumes, that she clearly is not a fan of this president. Guess what? A lot of people aren't because he is just he is all over the place. He is not a leader. And he can't articulate a message. And here's just a few examples. I mean, he is like a constant gaffe machine. And we could do it for the next hour, but we're just going to do it for the next minute. The best way to get something done, if you if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to. Anyway, from from uh, uh, excuse me, from Charlotte, one another line going from in, in Florida down to Tampa of Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him the idea that um, Los Angeles and uh, and uh, um, uh, um, what am I doing here? For two reasons. One, to We haven't been able to communicate it in a way that is, let uh, me um, say another way. But the nature, not a solid meeting with, um, with uh, the, uh, they make a very good point. Here's the deal. 
Here's what drives the driver in the states that are affected. Here's what the, you can do, the drivers. We want to expand pre-K for three- and four-year-olds, millions of pre-K students. Wow. And so while he has a hard time articulating, President Trump, on the other hand, holds nothing back. Take a listen. He was in his fiery form just a few hours ago in Washington, D.C., and he doesn't pull any punches. I don't know. It's hard to believe they hate our country, but a lot of people say they hate our country. It's the only reason they'd allow things like this to happen, because just from a common sense standpoint, how can you allow it to happen? And just look at the statistics, how bad it becomes, where there are radical and racist prosecutors denying citizens the full protection of the laws. Those offices need to be investigated by the federal government and their systematic violations of civil rights has to be taken care of. What a contrast in delivery. So what do you make of the fact that the attorney general is now intent? It seems like going after at least investigating Trump and others potentially and is not ruling out a possible indictment of the president tied to January 6th. He looked at the information a while ago. Many months ago, didn't do anything past at that time. But now what's changed? Well, maybe the fact that elections are right around the corner and the fact that this president is talking about running again in 2024. Not much else has changed. I mean, I've been watching the January 6th hearings, and I don't think a lot of the details are pretty. There's no question about that. But I have not seen anything that really was revealing and new. So what's new that this now attorney general can't rule out that an indictment against a former president could be coming. Wow, that's a huge step. And is it all about politics? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jerry in New Jersey on line eight. Go ahead, Jerry. Reader, I think you're great. Well, I'm going to say a couple of things. I think it's sour grapes by him because he's not on the bench. And thank God he's not on the Supreme Court. Look at what he's doing now. He is really, there's no justice here. This is injustice. What happened to all those 600 riots all across the country? $3 billion worth of damage. 50 people killed, thousands more injured, and businesses ruined. Why isn't that being investigated? And by the same token... Pelosi and Schumer had the right to basically offer 20,000 National Guards. Why isn't that being investigated? Yeah, no, I agree. And we're never going to get to the bottom of that, you know. And we're getting conflicting messages, too, by the way. There was something that came out a few hours ago that one of the defense secretaries, uh, the acting one, said on that day, no, there wasn't, uh, but then has done an interview saying there was. So it's like it's uh, we need to get to the bottom of that. I That to me is a huge question, too, about the National Guard, because if indeed President Trump, as a number of people have said and memos have stated that he wanted a peaceful and safe rally, that diffuses anything about trying to usurp and get into the Capitol or any of these other things. I mean, it, there's there are just so many unanswered questions. And if you're going to go after the president of the United States, you better have the goods. You know, and and yet this attorney general has been so political 
threw out so many steps here that to me it just opens the door to uh, to just so many political questions. And that's a sad state of place to be. You know, you don't want to be in an America where the attorney general is playing politics, especially with something as serious as this. Chair, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Devin, line six. Devin, your thoughts. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I just want to say to to your question, you know, gone are the days of the fair-minded, reasonable, decent, reach-across-the-aisle Democrats, okay? The civilized old guard is gone, and the few that are left have allowed their party— to be hijacked by the antifa, psychotic, fascist, dangerous, you know, um, lunatic left-wing fringe that have taken over through tactics like schoolyard bullying, tactics like censoring free speech, you know, making you afraid to speak out. Okay, the Nancy Pelosi, the old guard, Joe Biden, all they are is cowards that have literally laid down their swords to these bullies on the left, the burn it down, looting is peaceful, you know, protesting, psychotic lunatics that are going to lead our country into a civil war and obviously lead our country into the, you know, horrible state it's in today. And as far as whether they're going to indict him or not, absolutely, because they know that if he comes back within four months, gas prices will be down, groceries, you know, will be cheaper again. Uh, we'll be back in order within just four months of, of Trump coming back. And you believe and that will are prove you, to the world. Yeah, Devin, that's what I was going to say. What do you think that message is that you believe that they don't want that? Of course not, because they, God forbid, they eat a little humble pie. God forbid they are proven to be the dysfunctional psychotic lunatics that they actually are. And God for Republican president after Republican president after Republican president. Well, so Devin, they have to indict him. That's wow. That's that's a scary. How scary is that, Devin? Because, boy, you don't want to be using criminal charges as a political tool and a political sword, as you just said. Um, and what a sad state to be in if that's indeed the case. That's not the reason. That's clearly, how low they've gone. Yeah, boy, yeah, that's is, how low they've gone and how sick they are now. I mean, this is a really dangerous situation we're in in this country, and it's only going to get worse. So as your one of your previous callers said, the only antidote to this insanity and to, the only way to save our country is to show up on Election Day. Yeah. To really show up. Get out and vote. Devin, thank you. Wow. Very, very articulate. Um, when we come back, we're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. Running down the dream, and that could be a good analogy for Merrick Garland, the attorney general, who it looks like he is dreaming of an indictment tonight. And word that the DOJ is looking and not ruling out the possibility that there could be some criminal charge against President Trump tried to January 6th, that they're saying we can't rule that out. And boy, the election day is just right around the corner. So could politics be part of it? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan on line five. Stan, your thoughts about this. 
poor Devin, poor, poor Devin, lives in his own reality, and he can. That's, that's nice. Uh, Devin, who you just, know. you're referring yeah, yeah, to Devin, yeah. who just called boy in. who just talked, a young man who just talked. I, I listened to him. What about, why did you say poor Devin? He seemed like a young, articulate, great well, guy. he's articulate to some, I never say, you know, he can be articulate, but in a maniacally crazy way, and that's fine for him. He, he has the right to his, what he wants to say. But, of course, he doesn't like to deal in the reality of the situation. Look, when a paper, we discussed this yesterday, I'll just quit. When a paper that has supported a man all his existence and has believed in him says that he is not fit for the presidency, that as well as you mentioned the Wall Street Journal, you've said that to me, both papers, that to me is an arbiter of what's to come. I think there is no doubt in my mind now that they, those papers also have seen the evidence and also have seen what's there, and there is absolute proof that this man cannot be president and that he will be indicted and so forth. Now, Merrick Garland is a cautious, not a political man. He's very cautious. Oh, he's so political, Wait a minute. Stan. Wait a minute. No, hang, hang on a second, Stan. He is a cautious. Hang. He hasn't done Stan. anything yet. Stan, he couldn't wait when everything happened with Roe v. Wade. He came out talking, with. Are we talking hey, Trump? Stan, hold, Stan, Trump? Stan, hold on a second. I think your All brain right. can handle more than one topic because well, you're, you're a smart guy. You're a smart. No, I can, Stan. Trust okay, me. Let's so anyway, that. so here it is. Clearly, right after the Roe v. Wade decision, he came out with the comments. Right after the parents, remember that whole Loudoun County, he came out basically. In that statement, he was overseeing it where they were, quote, calling them domestic terrorists. So he seems to very much go down the political rabbit hole. And so when you say he's highly cautious, he doesn't seem to be cautious when it comes to things that the Democratic Party considers political. He didn't come out and make statements right after everything happened with Brett Kavanaugh, a Supreme Court justice stand. So he's picking and choosing and that's Rita, why he seems Rita, very politically what is the charged. Topic at hand, Rita, the topic of hand is Donald Trump. And did he commit crimes on January 6th? Did he do something? And it appears to be, based on what we have, there is a solid possibility. Now, he has not said he's doing it. He, he played both sides of it. I agree. Yeah, he didn't but rule he it did out. He did not say, I'm going to do it yet. But he's waiting for the more evidence to come in. And I agree with that. As far as I can see, when two conservative publications who have backed this man since the beginning of time basically say now he is unfit for the presidency, that is earthquake news, Rita Cosby. Well, and that I t- and stand, 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 Mr. Volcano Temperature. Okay, hold on one second here. I did say that, yes, indeed, and I'm the one, as you point out, I told you about the Wall Street Journal. Let's not forget the Washington Post, which headline says, quit, Joe, quit. And he's the sitting president. So, boy, what a mess this country's in. And clearly, there are different opinions, but that doesn't mean you go after somebody with an indictment. You do not indict a former president unless you really have the goods, and you should not do it for political reasons. Stan, I love you. Thank you very much. Always good to hear from you. Real quick, let's go to Craig. Uh, Line two. Craig, real quick, Craig. Hi, uh, Rita. Um, I just can't believe, like they say, creeps and idiots can't conceal themselves for long. Well, that last caller of yours, if you go out for dinner with him, I can't believe it. 
But Frank, way, Frank, you'd have to come out. You could come and be mediator. Would you do that? I'd have to drink a lot before dinner. <laughs> I couldn't stand to be around him for three minutes, two minutes. Either way, I, I can't believe they're going after Trump, but they don't go after Biden and his corruption. I mean, I was a Democrat for 47 years, and I'm so ashamed. And you know what, Craig, you bring up there is definitely a double standard of justice. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.